You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to Rum, Buncher Radio, Trey Yannity, Nick Caparoso, and Marty Leap here with you as always. Gentlemen, it is great to be back with you again for episode number six as we now sit only 16 days away from Pirates Baseball. How are you guys doing? And has this feeling that baseball is coming back really fully set in yet? Marty, why don't you get us started? Uh, it feels good. I mean, I'm still hesitant. Um, you know, definitely a fingers crossed type thing. So far, so good. You know, you would like to see the testing results be a little bit more uh, get back quickly than we've seen some teams have. But it looks like as of now, we're going to be good to go to start baseball at the end of the month. I mean, it'll be it'll be pretty awesome. You know, it's, it'll be a great way to cap off the month of July. And I mean, it was a big month for Nick also. Real quick, congratulations. First time you've been back on the show since you and Lauren got married two weekends ago. And opening days on your birthday. So talk about a great month for you. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, thanks. I get, yeah, got married on the 27th there. It worked out. Uh, I think we're looking pretty lucky. We might have fell in the uh, little bit of that safe zone with uh, things starting to shut back down. But I do not think that's going to affect baseball. It seems like things are kind of full steam ahead at this point. And barring any major setbacks or outbreaks among the players, uh, yeah, I think I'm going to be looking at uh, Pirates Cardinals on my birthday. I don't think there's really a, a really a better way to have it, Nick, to be honest. And the fact that it's game one of this crazy 2020 Major League Baseball season is is just makes it even more special for you. But like you guys have just mentioned, there are some things that need to happen before we do see baseball this year. The testing has has gotten some jabs from from certain players. Freddie Freeman came out and made statements. He's now tested positive for COVID-19. Um, some others around the league. How does this improve? How, how do we, I guess, what do we need to, to see happen here to get baseball started on time and, and as planned? For the season to go off well, I mean, the testing is going to be the key thing. Teams need to be testing frequently. I believe that right now the plan is to test players every other day. And you need to get the results back quickly. Thankfully for the Pirates, they've been pretty good with it. They've gotten results in quickly. They've only had two positive tests. And it was two players who likely were not going to be on the opening day roster anyway. So just for the teams that have had issues with getting their test results back in a hurry, the Nationals, the A's, I believe the Cardinals have had some problems. They, I mean, honestly, as simple as it may sound, just consult with the other teams who are getting the test in a hurry and back in a hurry and just ask them, you know, hey, 
what system are you guys using? How are you doing this? Because there are various ways to do the testing and just it's, it's going to come down to testing. As long as there's testing, as long as there's not a mass outbreak among players, the season is going to be played. Yeah, Marty. And you're kind of right. I, I mean, we're just starting this, you know, in terms of testing with, with the baseball teams. So as days go on, teams are going to get, you know, like you said, develop more effective plans to get this done along with who they're working along with to do the testing. So hopefully right now we're seeing the hiccups, but hopefully as you know, by the end of this week, maybe we'll start to see things start to smooth out a little more. Spring training 2.0 began in Pittsburgh just over a week ago. It's so weird to think that we're having a spring training in July um, in the home ballparks as well. But it seems that that things are going pretty well. Like you guys mentioned, a couple of positive tests coming out of Pittsburgh. But for the most part, saw a video of Josh Bell absolutely drilling baseballs today. Saw a great hustle. Um, and from, from what you guys have seen, how is spring training looking so far? Where does Pittsburgh stand in, in this whole weird spring training 2.0? That's definitely um, one thing that is weird is what you said about the home ballparks. You know, you're seeing a lot of pictures posted on social media from the, the limited media that's been allowed in. And it's weird watching video of like them doing drills in the infield in a completely empty stadium, but it's working, I guess. I mean, like we said, you know, we only have the two positives so far. So, you know, the pirates were one of the teams that, you know, was getting applauded for their response to this COVID outbreak from the beginning. So hopefully if they can stay healthy, like you said, they'll continue to move on with spring training 2.0. You mentioned Bell. It looked like he, um, you know, based off a tweet I saw, he had three home runs and four swings and put one off the wall as well. I saw something about his mechanics as well at first base. He seems like he's throwing a little more sidearm, which is interesting. Uh, we'll see how that works when there's a base runner in the baseline. But Marty, you know, you can chime in on this, but I'm not quite sure why we're still thinking about Bell at first base. I understand using the DH spot a little bit to rest your players, but, um, you know, with, with his defensive limitations at first, I just don't get why we're not using him at DH and allowing him to, you know, show off that batting practice power he showed off today. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I mean, the biggest thing with him at first base is it's not even like he's an average defender there. I mean, no knock against him, as I've said before in here. I know he busts his butt to try and get better over uh, there. Yeah. I mean, and he has. Yeah, and he has improved, but he's still a well below league average defender at first. And you have an option in Jose Ozuna who, well, Osuna's never going to be a great hitter. He is a very solid defensive first baseman. So your team as a whole is improved by having Osuna's glove at first and by allowing Bell to just concentrate on hitting. And it would be Osuna's shown enough with the bat that yeah. you might want to try to get a little more of an extended look at him at the big yeah. level anyhow. Yeah, that's the thing with Osuna. I mean, yeah, he strikes out a lot. Yeah, he's not ever going to walk a ton – or anything like that, but he does hit for a decent amount of power. You know, if he's at first base and that's a position you want power coming from, 
you know, he's going to give it to you. His career slugging is 435. He's got an ISO of 190. Like, he's an above-average power hitter. He's just not an above-average hitter. So, like you said, it's not like you, you're putting some stiff there in the lineup. And with the DH, too, I think it would be a little bit different if the Pirates were a team that maybe had one or two of these guys like Bell who were great hitters and poor in the field or something like that. But they don't. Like, I, I could see the argument for maybe Polanco there – to protect that shoulder, but if it's healthy and he can throw, then I think your, your best defense is definitely Bell not on first base. Yeah, that's for sure. And like we said, if Polanco can throw and his experience already in right field at PNC Park, you don't have to worry about a guy like Heredia or uh, Dyson, who obviously we'll see a lot of time in center, or even Brian Reynolds, Jason Mar, the PNC wall is you know it's it's a tough thing to play and Polanco has over the years done a better job with that now like you said the big thing really and we probably will never find this out is what his medicals really look like is how is the shoulder you know is his velocity back on his throws from the outfield or is he going to be limited because if he's going to be limited then protect them put him in the DH spot allow him to hopefully flourish with the bat but like you said, if not, then I'm looking at the best lineup with Josh Bell in the DH spot and a different option at first base. You have to feel just terrible for Derek Shelton right now. I mean, think about it. This is his first opportunity as a, as a manager anywhere, not just in Pittsburgh. Starts to get to know the team through spring training. Has that next. Is now having to deal with all this. And on top of it, so many rule changes and nuances that we're seeing this year you got to think his world is extra crazy right now. Yeah, but, you know, this is one of those things that often you see teams emerge stronger from. And I think the Pirates are kind of in a situation, too, because they have a new coach with such a positive energy and they have so many young players who are so hungry to just get out there and show that they belong, that this overall might actually bring this team a little closer together, just going through this whole experience together. And you can just kind of see the the relationships and the brotherhood that's formed with these guys over the last couple months away from each other. Yeah. And I think it's a good point, Nick, about having this new staff, having a young team, because you have a lot of people both on the roster and on the coaching staff looking to prove themselves I mean, like you said, Sheldon, this is his first year as a manager. You have Oscar Marin, who's in his first year as a pitching coach. You have Don Kelly, who this is his first year as a bench coach. So he's one step away from being an MLB manager. Those are all coaches who are going to be looking to prove themselves every bit as much as some of these young guys on the roster will be. And especially with the amount of opportunities that is being presented for some of these young guys. I mean, you look at the starting rotation, no Jameson Tyone, no Chris Archer. There's two spots open. In the bullpen, you know, the news that we just got about Keone Kell a few minutes ago, who knows what the back end of this bullpen is going to look like. There could be an opportunity there for a young guy like a Nick Birdie, like a Kyle Crick, to try and emerge as the closer. So it, it's – I think the opportunity that is there in being a young team and a young coaching staff, it will help a lot because those are people who are going to be extremely driven to prove their worth at the MLB level regardless of what's going on. And also when you have – a new coaching staff, for instance, you know, one of the first things that we saw this coaching staff do was try to build relationships with these players. You know, they immediately were 
looking them up, going and visiting them, meeting them for workouts, coming to Pittsburgh, whatever, right? And now we're seeing that also. We saw um, Trevor Williams was working out with Oscar Marin. Okay, so in this status, you know, you're seeing a new coaching staff coming in, trying to build relationships, and then all of a sudden that gets cut off, but you're seeing these coaches still trying to communicate with these players. They're still working. You know what I mean? And I I think just having this situation of having the new coaching staff coming in, you know, it kind of was, it worked out that it wasn't the former coaching staff that maybe would have handled it in a more stale way. Trevor Williams working out with Oscar Marin. Um, Williams met with the media after practice a day or two ago, I forget which day this week it was, and he said about during the shutdown when he was working with Marin a lot and how they're going to revamp his pitching style and change some of his pitch selection. He mentioned last year his curveball usage was something like 1.9%, something just catastrophically low, and how this year he's going to look to throw it a lot more because Marin liked what he saw from the curveball. You know, just things like that that they were able to do during this shutdown to still come together, get to know each other better as coaches and as players, that in the long run I think will really pay off for this team. Maybe not necessarily this year, but just for this new staff to come in and form this report, these players start to form this bond, cultivate this culture, things like that that will always pay off in the long run. There's definitely going to be positives to having a new, fresh staff here. Um, like you mentioned a minute ago, Nick, it won't be stale anymore. This this uh, group is ready to go and is ready to, to change the way baseball is played in Pittsburgh. But to begin the season, any way you draw it, it's not going to be usual. It's not going to be anywhere even close to usual. The Pirates will be missing three players, uh, potentially three players. It broke within the last couple hours. You hit it just a second ago, Marty, that Keone Kayla has not reported yet. Uh, we've seen several social media posts that he is in Pittsburgh, uh, but it was announced by Shelton today that he has not been with the team quite yet. Where does this leave the bullpen? I mean, Keone Kayla was supposed to be the closer this year, was supposed to be the guy. Where do the Pirates go from here and kind of where do they go with with so many different um, crazy roster change ups that we're going to see? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Kella. Um as a lot of listeners probably know, he's very much a guy that kind of dances to the beat of his own drum and gets in his own way, for lack of better terms, a lot of times with it. There was last year, of course, he had the team handed out suspension for incidents with members of the coaching staff. Um, I remember whenever his wife had their baby last year and he went on paternity leave and I forget how long the major league granted paternity leave is, but he was gone like an additional two or three days and just didn't bother to tell the team he wasn't going to come back. So I, I know he can be a bit of a, uh, a bit of a headache for the coaching staff to deal with at times. So I don't know what's going on here. Sheldon would not divulge any further into what the issues is with Kello, why he's not there. Could it be possibly that he tested positive for the coronavirus and did not want that information released? It's a possibility. Um, as you hinted that Trey, we know that Blake Cedarlin and Socrates Brito both tested positive for the virus and are not with the team due to that. But it's possible that Kellett tested positive and didn't want that information released. But, you know, we're going to have to wait and see what happens. If he's not there, that creates opportunity to close her position, rather it be Nick Birdie, Kyle Crick, Michael Feliz, 
whoever it might be, but it just, it opens up a spot in the back of a pirate bullpen and again, just creates more opportunity for those young arms this season. You know, that's something I thought about earlier when we were talking about uh, Cedarland testing positive is he, he's a guy who barring what's going on with Kella is really going to be affected. Now, if Kella's part of this bullpen or not, because if Kella's not part of this bullpen, Cedarland would have had a real opportunity to maybe open with the team then you know i find it interesting kella he's posting things on social media he's out and about in pittsburgh so it doesn't exactly look like he's self-quarantining or anything like that so i'm gonna i'm thinking he hasn't tested positive although you know i'm not going to speculate further on that but you know could it be shortened season Last year of his contract, could they possibly be looking to trade him before the season starts? Is there maybe in his head, does he have a decision to make whether or not he even wants to officially report still? Like Marty said, his wife did have a baby recently. Um, so, you know, he might be still deciding if this is something he wants to go through with. Uh, it's really hard to say. Kella has always been mysterious. You know, we traded for him and it took him almost a full week to get to Pittsburgh. Um, it's, it's been one thing after another with him, you know, but when he's been healthy, he's performed. So if he is here, I'll be excited to see what he can do for the back end of the bullpen and how that trans uh, transpires there the season. Uh, but if he's not here, you know, like Marty said, it'll be interesting to see who steps up and seizes that closers role. There's going to be opportunities on this team and every team across the league, no matter how you draw it, positive tests are still to come. It's kind of inevitable at this point, but no matter who is on the roster on opening day, the pirates will be headed to St. Louis to take on the Cardinals for three to open up the 2020 season. Let's talk about this opening series to get started here. As we break down the schedule, July 24th, a game uh, the Pirates did not think would, would be opening day necessarily, but it is. Who's going to be the opening day starter and maybe give us an idea of what we're looking at as far as the lineup goes for game one? I think in terms of opening day starter, it's probably going to be Jim Musgrove. Um, at this point, he's kind of the face of the Pirates rotation. He's not your prototypical number one type guy, but they don't really have that right now. Uh, Tyon uh, is out and... Chris Archer, who hasn't exactly looked like that, is also out. So Musgrove seems like the obvious choice to me. Now, you could throw out the idea of putting Mitch Keller out there and just putting him into that position to be the team's lead horse and from day one. Right. Uh, just to see how he handles it and start treating him like, you know, a top 20 prospect and a guy who throws 98 with a devastating breaking pitch and not a guy who had an ERA of over five last year. There's also, of course, the whole, you know, if they want to get a certain pitcher for the home opener, you know, they could also change the rotation based off of that. But if I, if I had to guess, I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be Musgrove. Yeah, I would guess Musgrove as well. Um, I think with the home opener thing though, this year too, I'm not sure how big of a factor that will be as in past years since more than likely there's not going to be any fans there for that. You know, a lot of that is about, you know, you want to reward your guys, let them pitch in front of the home crowd for the first time, all that. The atmosphere. Yeah. Right. So I'd be curious, but I agree. I think it'll be Musgrove. He's of the guys who are there. He has earned it. 
not just with this performance on the field, but from the second he got here, he very quickly became one of the leaders in that clubhouse. You know, for right or wrong, he's not afraid if he feels another team has disrespected them or a player's done something wrong. He'll take matters into his own hands. We've seen it, both him sliding on the bases, him hitting guys at the plate. He's he's earned that right to be the opening day starter with Tyone on the shelf, I feel. Like I said, not just because of what he's done on the field, but the leadership he has off the field. And, hey, you know what? At this point, uh, Derek Holland aside, he's the veteran guy in that rotation. He has more major league experience, with the exception of Holland, than anyone in that starting rotation. And he's got the most experience with the Pirates. I mean, yes, Stephen Brault's been around longer, and Trevor Williams has been in the organization longer, but Musgrove has pitched more than them just based on the fact he's been a starter the entire time. So I do agree with you that Musgrove has earned it. Time for Big Joe. Let's talk about the lineup for opening day. Marty, why don't you get us started? Yeah, I mean, assuming St. Louis is going to throw Jack Flaherty on opening day, you're going to be facing a righty. Um, If I had to guess, I I think, you know, it's a safe bet that you're going to see Newman leading off. Throughout spring training, Derek Sheldon had Brian Reynolds batting second, Adam Frazier batting third, so I'm guessing that's your 2-3. Bell's your cleanup guy. After that's where it could get interesting. I, I would assume Gregory Polanco is going to be thrown in there at five, but do you want to break up the lefties and maybe put, say, Jose Asuna is at first base. Do you want to put him six, put Moran seven, or do you go Moran six, Ozuna seven? And then you see Stallings and Dyson rounded out would be my guess. I do think you'll see a lot of mix and matching this year with the with the lineup. But assuming that they do face Flaherty, I would guess that's your lineup on opening day. That sounds pretty accurate to me, Marty. Uh, like you said, with Reynolds being in that two spot, uh, you know, it's something they tried with Andrew McCutcheon years ago, and they preached a lot about how the two hole. A lot of times, you want your best all around hitter there. Reynolds definitely fits that bill. Uh, he showed that last year. He showed that his whole minor league career showed that at Vanderbilt before that. Hopefully he comes out and continues to just flat rake. If he does, he's going to be a great two hole hitter with the switch. Uh, Frazier at three is a little interesting. Um, not a lot of power there, but yet he does have surprising pop. Um, then, like you said, Bell at four, with Polanco at five. I know Bell in a recent interview meant, you know, they asked him what the biggest difference in the second half of last year was. And one of the first things he mentioned was not having Polanco behind him in the lineup. So, you know, if Greg can come back and hit anything close to the way he was hitting at the second half of 2018, he's going to provide a ton of insurance for Bell in that lineup. And it actually will give the Pirates two legitimate 30 home run threats which is something that they haven't had in a while so it's going to be so interesting to see how this lineup reacts to not having Starling Marte but having Jared Dyson and Gerard Dyson excuse me and um, you know some some fresh faces I think Brian Reynolds is probably the best two-hole hitter in, in all of baseball right now and is so slept on at this point it's going to be really fun to watch guys like him and Newman a lot of these young guys who are still trying to make a name for themselves hopefully at some point this year, um, you know, we, we get that magic with Bell, uh, excuse me, throughout the whole season, we get that magic with Bell. And at some point we can get Gregory back to what we saw in 2018. Let's move it ahead. Series two and three are also in the division. The Pirates will go from St. Louis back home. The home over is going to be July 27th against the Brewers. 
They will then travel to Chicago before they play their first interleague series in Minnesota. I think that series is one that you really have to highlight. Two there and then two back in Pittsburgh. The first time you're playing across the league and at 10 games in, that's a six of the season at that point. I feel like we're going to have a, a, a reasonably good idea of how the Pirates are going to fare for this year by that series. Let's talk about some other ones. What what series get you guys excited in this 2020 season throughout the whole thing? I think one that will be fun is finishing the year with the Indians. Um, just something different. You know, there, there's always the Pittsburgh-Cleveland rivalry in football. It'll be nice to have it a little bit in baseball this year, playing the Indians six times. And if, if the Pirates are able to kind of mull around in this, hang in there and compete, they have a stretch in September for its, I think it's an 11 or 12 game stretch in as many days where it's the Reds, the Cardinals, and the Cubs. So, you know, if you are in this thing going into September, that stretch is probably going to decide the season. So that could potentially be a lot of fun. And I personally am also really, really excited to watch the White Sox because this might be under the radar to a lot of you know, just not diehard baseball fans, man, there might not be a team in baseball with a more exciting and better young core than the White Sox have. So it's going to be a lot of fun to watch that team this year against the Pirates. Yeah, Marty, that's the first team I was going to bring up was the White Sox. We got four games against them, uh, two there, two here. Uh, you know, like you said, the young town on that team is very impressive. You got Ella Jimenez, and Luis Roberts, who they signed to that extension so they can get him up to the major leagues this year. Um, those two in the outfield. And then, of course, you got Michael Kopech coming back from Tommy John surgery. Uh, they definitely will be a fun team to watch and one that, you know, we don't necessarily get to see a lot. So it's a good opportunity to get to see some of these young uh, up-and-coming superstars in the American League. Uh, the uh, the other series that I'm, you know, kind of highlighting, and Trey, Trey touched on already, is the series against the Cubs uh, at Chicago, the third series of the season, because basically I think that's going to make or break the Pirates' season. At that point, you're three series in to the division in a 60-game series. Like you said, Trey, you got nine games. That's almost a tenth of the year already. Like if you start off in a hole, you know, if they come out of that two and seven, you definitely have a lot of work to do, especially because those are all against division teams. Exactly. And I think opening against, you know, the two teams that are supposed to be contending for the division title this year is going to be a huge test to see how this team stands, you know, facing Christian Yelich and Paul Goldschmidt in back-to-back series one on the road, one at home. It's going to be a great way to start the season. I think this this schedule is so exciting because like you guys mentioned, we're going to get to see a lot of teams that the Pirates would not get to play very often. The season will finish up in Cleveland after a four-game set in Chicago and a four-game set in St. Louis. It's going to be a crazy year. Any way you draw it, 60-game sprint, it is going to be a whole lot of fun and we are going to continue to break it down further as we get closer to baseball. But that is all the time that we have for this episode. Thank you for joining us. As always, you can find us on Twitter at Rumbunter. Guys, please give us uh, uh, your thoughts, your comments. If you guys are excited about these series, please let us know which ones, and we can definitely answer any questions you have um, or anything you, you would like to talk about with us. Just give us a shout. As always, you can find us on Spreaker.com, fansided.com slash Rumbunter, and on social media. 
For Marty Leap and Nick Caparoso, my name is Trey Yanity. Have a great week. Let's go Bucks. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.